This is Margaret Copeman Frankowitz with another episode of Diabetic Survival. Good morning, my diabetic friends. Or good afternoon, depending on the time where you're at. Uh, actually, it's afternoon for me. I'm just used to saying good morning. Um, but anyways, uh, in today's episode, I'm just absolutely... When I say infuriated, yes, I'm infuriated. That's appropriate word for me today. Uh, I'm going to tell you why. I'm, I'm infuriated for what we're having to actually face and go through. Let me start off by saying, I hope you washed your hands today. That is the best method of actually controlling any type of disease that's out there. Wash your hands. Okay, <laughs> now that I've given the good <laughs> hand-washing comment... Let let me tell you what's infuriating me. What's infuriating me is all these top officials actually resigning from the CDC, or uh, excuse me, FDA. So through the Food and Drug Administration, uh, because of um, the push on the vaccine, uh, you've had people like Nancy uh, Mess Messoner. I hope Mess Messoner Messenger. Anyways, uh, she, yeah, she resigned May seventh, twenty twenty one. Or that was the news report when it came out. So re she resigned sometime in that, that period of time from the FDA. Um, she warned Americans about the vaccine. That, no, it's not proof. Because the Biden administration was actually pushing the, the vaccine. That was back uh, May 7th, 2021. So, you know, that should have been the first little inkling that something was a little bit wrong. So, I mean... Uh, Obviously, people who resign, I mean, some people, they just, you know, they, they put in their 20, 30 years and they're done. Some people are just like, wow, I can't even do my job right. I have certain guidelines that I have to go by and they're trying to force me to not go by these guidelines. So I have other administrations actually pushing this through and it's not safe. It, by our guidelines, it is not safe. So people have... Um, they have their ethics they need to follow because, you know, of course, that's ingrained in you in, in school. And uh, but they also have a conscience. They're not going to deliver a product that could potentially harm or kill you. So, yeah, she resigned way back when. Um, but the other two top FDA officials that resigned were Marion Groomer and Philip Cross. Uh, they resigned just recently, uh, beginning of September. Of course, now we're 20 days in, 21 days in, actually. 23 days in. Wow, my, my days are even off at this point in time. Um, and, of course, this is relating to the vaccine. This is relating to the booster. As everybody knows, I mean, they've been offering it on the street corners, a free, uh, just like Circle K's or any other convenience store here. Come get your vaccine. It's absolutely free. It's uh, government approved and okay. So, so Biden, Mr. President Biden, is uh, now a health official. Now, mind you, I can understand wanting to protect the public from all kinds of natural disasters, diseases, etc. Um, however, we've had some really weird stuff happening lately that, you know what, just to deny it would be to deny your own ethical standards. So if it's not, you know, people dropping off of um, Air Force, you know, planes, uh, like like their lives weren't worth anything, 
Um, and I think I actually did an episode on that. I don't know if I deleted it or not, but I was a little bit disturbed by that on September 11th, seeing people actually dropping from the planes. Uh, this was reported by the Epoch Times um, to now this horrible administration issuing out, uh, you know, vaccines like they're, you know, candy or something saying, oh, this is going to save your life. Oh, great. Oh, no, it's not. You know what? Go wash your hands. That's going to save your life. Wash your hands. Be careful what you touch. Uh, try to eliminate going into public places as much as possible. This is the stuff that's going to save your life. Now, being a lowly CNA back in the day, certified nursing assistant, one of the things that we were very adamant about was washing our hands. That was the main thing that you did to prevent infections. So sometimes you'd wear a mask going into people's rooms and stuff, but then you'd change it out. You wouldn't constantly wear it. So, you know, I've seen all kinds of follies in this whole pandemic thing. So hopefully it's an endemic. Hopefully we're going to end this. But who knows? Maybe they'll come up with the next viral crisis of some sort. I mean, we should be flipping mad. How many people have lost uh, financially due to this, this, this virus thingy that a lot of people did not catch. And then we still have to answer the question, how are people dying? What are they really dying from? And why are there people who are getting the vaccines who are dying from that? See that, somebody needs to answer that too. And why are they hiding that fact? I think seeing the, uh, the, the, the absolute outrage from health staff after they were forced to either um, get the vaccine or have to leave their jobs uh, was a pretty good clue that there's something else going on here. And it's a form of some kind of weird control. But I think what nailed that final nail in the coffin for me with me getting a little bit irate was the fact that I actually did see a video that was actually passed on to me by a dear friend where they had actually recorded something. I'm not going to name where, I'm not going to say what the video was, um, just because this thing right now is going viral and I don't want it to be shut down. I'm not quite sure who actually started it or whatnot, but you do have uh, health officials in there and they even talk about it and they're in, in the hospital type setting and they're like, why are we issuing this? This is killing people and... Um, it's a gimmick, basically. They're saying it's a sham. And the other health officials are agreeing with him. Now, either that was a really good setup or it's it's the truth. And it's, it's infuriating to me to see this because um, it means that if, if these people are true with what they're saying, then that means this whole... Um, this, this whole thing dealing with the COVID outbreak has been a scam and there's something else going on. So I have this conspiracy theory, okay, that, that maybe it has something to do with 5G because, you know, when they were talking about 5G and rolling it out and stuff, they were talking about it having ill effects on, on people. And that made me a little bit nervous. And then all of a sudden it switched over to the, the whole virus thing, the COVID virus thing. And it was the COVID virus that's killing off people, et cetera. So um, I'm kind of wondering if they're masking something else greater going on. I mean, don't you think that maybe they might be masking something else going on? Wouldn't 5G be a pretty good explanation as to what's going on? 
I don't know, just a theory out there I'm throwing out there. But they have made, I mean, half of society, I have to say half of it, because there's only half of the people who've actually taken the, the vaccine, the other half have not. They're just like, screw you, we can think for ourselves. But um, isn't it a little bit infuriating to know that, you know, if you're an anti-vaxxer, that the other half has made you look or try to feel like you're absolutely crazy, bonkers, for not getting this vaccine, which is pretty much not regulated by the FDA because when you have FDA officials dropping off like flies because they're not going to support it because they have ethics, um, that there might be something going on with the Biden administration. Like, what's going on with the president? Like, does he really support this or is he just not ethical? And if he's not ethical, why is he in the White House? Okay, so, you know, why am I talking about this on the diabetes channel? Because this is affecting diabetics. This is affecting diabetics. Uh, the, from what I've heard, the rumors of what I've heard is that the virus basically attacks people with a weakened immune system. And for the, for all sakes and purposes, it's targeting diabetics. It's targeting, targeting people with weakened immune system, like multiple sclerosis. It's targeting people with heart disease. It's targeting people with, you know, all kinds of disorders. And uh, let's say you don't have any of these disorders, so it doesn't affect you. Well, okay, uh, one of these days you're going to have one of these issues, or maybe you'll have cancer. And so what affects other people will eventually affect you. I mean, we're all part of a chain link fence. We all need to support each other. And when it's wiping out a certain percentage of the population, you need to start thinking, where are my ethics at? Right? We need to protect everybody. We're all part of this 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 chain that that continues on in society. And so when we weaken a link somewhere, we're weakening it for everyone. Because eventually all of us are going to fall into that realm or that spectrum. This is why we need to protect the weak. This is why we need to protect people who don't have anything. Is because any one of us can be that person. And if you really want to practice charity, which uh, you really, you should start working that muscle of practicing charity, um, you need to put yourself in the shoes of that person that, that you're offering charity to. So charity is not, you know, help with your mortgage. Charity is, you know, feeding the poor and, you know, taking them in, sheltering them, and, uh, of, of course, taking care of the sick and the elderly and the very young so, and taking care of those who cannot take care of themselves. We need to take care of everybody. So, um, I know that's a lot. It's a lot to ask of people. But, you know, it's just the right mor moral thing to do. It's kind of like me, you know, starting a podcast over a year ago because I just wanted to do something that benefited humanity in some, sort, some type of form or fashion. Or somebody who's creating tiny houses because... You know, they're trying to help um, other people who may never be homeowners or, um, you know, even even government. I mean, government has their good things that they do, too. Like, for instance, they support small businesses and raising small businesses up. They have also have a, a pretty destructive way of actually taking out small businesses, too, such as uh, raising the price of, of fuel so that truck drivers, you know, who have their independent businesses cannot afford to even have their businesses but I mean that's that's another that's another story for another day 
But back to the virus thing, you know, it, it really disturbed me. I mean, I'm here looking at this. I remember when the report came out about um, Marion Gruber and Philip Cross. I mean, what a statement. I mean, having one person resign, not such a big deal. You know, they've been with, with the FDA for a while, and then they resign. But to give a warning and then, you know, disappear from the public is kind of is kind of harsh it's not allowing the fda to do its job for what it was designed to do and that was to protect us american people fda has always tried to um make sure that that there's nothing out there that's going to harm the public and so when you have people like dropping off like flies because they won't bow down to the 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 administration that's in power right now because it's going against what they feel is prim and proper, then you really have to start looking at who's causing these problems and why. And, you know, I'm often kind of wondering who's actually pulling the strings in the White House because obviously this isn't, I, I don't think that it's just Biden. So, I mean, he may be getting his money from somewhere, but you always got to follow the money trail. So where is Biden getting his money? I mean, maybe somebody can, like, you know, clue me in on that, and then maybe we can actually pinpoint who the problem is, because there is a problem. Because basically what the administration is doing, the White House is doing right now, is they're saying they are the most important people on the planet, and the 99% of the rest of us can just die. And that is not, that's not cool. That's not cool at all. So sometimes I look at these YouTube channels and uh, and they give you little inklings. Now, of course, they have all kinds of videos out there and stuff, but sometimes I get recommendations. I'm just like, okay. So I was watching this one video that really kind of clued me in because I kind of knew it because I've watched some of the reports and stuff before, but this goes all the way back to Kennedy. And, of course, Kennedy got shot, um, and right before he got shot, he was trying to warn the American people about something very devious that was going on uh, behind the scenes. So that's when we uh, learned about, we started to learn about the deep state. And of course, 70s and 80s, people were kind of in denial. And it's like super conspiracy theory. Now, I think that uh, the majority of Americans kind of know that there's something else going on in the White House. Like the people don't really have the say of what actually goes on. People be damned. They're going to do what they want when they want. And you know what? If they want to kill off the whole population, they're just going to kill off the whole population. If there's any clue or inkling that um, this is true, um, well, <laughs> or you can just think I'm a weird gov government conspiracy theorist or whatever. I don't care what you think. Um, I do, but I don't. If you go to Georgia and you actually look at the Georgia Guidestones, they, some organization put up this really weird monument that not a lot of people know who actually put it up. And it talks about the end times and how they should actually reduce the population and count, etc. So that there's enough for all, etc. Blah, blah, blah. Um, this to me is an absolute ludicrous statement. If you've ever been out west in, in Arizona, uh, not just Arizona, but like Arizona, Nevada, California, parts of California anyways. Um, Utah, there's plenty of land. There's plenty of land to be developed. Uh, there's plenty of land for houses, etc. You don't have to live on top of each other. It, it's just not anything. A lot of people on the East Coast don't know this, though, because they've never been on, um, opposite of the Mississippi River, which I'd suggest, seriously. I mean, if you live on the West Coast, I'd suggest 
you know, traveling back east once in a while. And if you're on the east coast, I recommend traveling to the west coast because you need to know the expanse of the west coast. Or the, the not just the coast, but um, uh, I'd say the southwest, maybe northwest, etc. Wyoming, completely free. So Wyoming, Nebraska, um, Montana, for instance. There's all these states where there's plenty of room to actually build your house. Um, if you can afford it, that's the problem though, is the affordability portion of it. But there's plenty of areas where, where people can expand. There's, there's beautiful weather, clean air, you don't have to live in pollution. Um, there's plenty of places where you can actually live. And, and parts of Canada too. You go along the Canada border and there's like nothing. So, so the thing is, is that you know, the whole mind game thing. And I mean, you don't know this if you've lived in the city your whole entire life. You know this if you've traveled. You know this if you've been a truck driver ever. Um, you know this if you've traveled. You know this if you've ever taken a vacation. About the great expanses of areas, uh, depending on how far out that you travel, where these areas can be developed. So so it's, it's an absolute, and I hate using the word oxymoron because it's kind of like an idiotic statement, but, but you kind of realize this when you do travel. There's so many people that get stuck in their heads, though. They get stuck in their cities. They don't think there's anything outside of the city, uh, which is mind-boggling to me. They're kind of like a goldfish stuck in a little, a little jar or something, and they don't see the world for what it actually is. And it's huge, massive plenty of room we could have like another seven billion people on this planet i'm sure um now when this relates to global warming i have no idea how this relates to global warming all i know that after taking a geology class <coughs> oh excuse me i'm healthy i'm just not sounding it right now but after taking a geology class um they say that our rock or our planet earth is um like eight billion years old something like that okay or 3.8 billion anyways it's very 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 old um but okay so going back to our earth our earth has gone through different types of climate changes um we've gone through ice ages we've gone through you know heat waves etc so um the thing is 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 that the information that's actually being pushed out there is complete bull it's uh, being um, it's being exploited. So um, when they talk about climate change, it's, the Earth is being exploited, point blank. You don't need to be an expert to know this. You just need to take a couple geology class classes to know that um, that when they start talking about global warming and stuff, that's that's them using it to exploit you out of your resources. So they're telling you, oh, go with solar panels and do this and do that. Hey, you know what? I'm a, I'm all for, you know, like, you know, uh, reusing batteries, you know, like the rechargeable batteries and using solar panels, you know, the ones that actually work. Um, and hey, I even look forward to electric cars that actually that actually do their job and work and are useful in society. But I don't like being exploited by any means. And I think that um, there are many of us that are being exploited that, I mean, you know, it's just like getting caught in, in the cycle of, you know, making your car payment, paying your rent, if you're paying rent or your mortgage or whatnot, 
and just barely surviving it, you have to have all this money for retirement. And it's like, where do I get all this money from? You're being exploited, okay? So um, pay off your house, pay off your car, and then have some money for yourself. That's the only way that's going to happen. And if you're stuck in a cycle of renting, you'll never own anything because you can never save for anything. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And so many of us are caught in that um, tiny box, so to speak, where we can't actually get out of or we can't get ahead because society won't allow us to. Some of us do. Congratulations. You broke free. Good job. I don't know how you did it, but good job. So, um, as I, I was not encouraged to play the stock market as a kid. Um, however, I was really curious about it, but, um, I've, I've heard of people that have made money on it. And, but I've also seen a lot of people lose money on it. So it's like legalized gambling. So I would say that, you know, for instance, maybe playing the stock market would be a way to get ahead. But I haven't really seen that happen. Now, who knows what's going to happen to this crypto, but I do know that the government, they're already starting to get their, you know, sneaky little hands on it. And before long, uh, crypto may not exist. So I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about that. So I won't, probably won't invest much, but... Um, you know, sometimes it's impossible to get ahead. It's, it's just like, you know, in, in games, for instance, games that you're given as a child, you know, the way that it's supposed to work is you're supposed to earn money and you're supposed to have something uh, towards the end of your life. And when you don't, it's just absolutely devastating. People treat you like you don't work hard enough. So you could work seven days a week and then they're just like, well, work smarter, not harder. But then they prevent you from actually achieving that. So don't know what to say to that. So... This all affects a diabetic and how they actually survive. And that's the reason why I'm bringing this up. Because there's, because everything um, depends on diabetic survival, including your finances. So, of course, I'm going to talk about that. But, I mean, if somebody can give me a clue as to how a diabetic is supposed to survive in today's world when we're paying more for medications, etc., or doctor's visits, or, um, or we can't work as hard because we're not feeling well, please give me a clue as to how we're supposed to do that. So, um, whew, said a lot. Okay, back to less strenuous topics. I don't really like talking about politics, it gets me mad. But, okay, so I finally, um, I finally picked up some ghee butter. And, uh, this was actually recommended by, um, a couple of people. One of them, I remember Thomas Delore actually mentioning it. And also there was another doctor. Oh, yes. The famous Dr. Eckberg, who I love to death. That guy's great. Okay, so um, since I had a couple of recommendations for it, I'm like, okay, I'll go ahead and pick up some ghee butter. So I went to Walmart, and I know people don't like the fact that I go to Walmart. I don't care. Um, I'm still going to go to Walmart because... I've known people to work at Walmart, so I'm helping to support them, not other people's opinions. And uh, I pick up my ghee butter, which I'm really happy that they have. I was looking at the almond flour, and thank goodness um, I can actually get uh, two pounds of almond flour for like around six bucks. That's pretty good. Much cheaper than it has been in the past. So I decided to use this ghee butter. Now, one of the benefits is, is they say that it has a higher um, cook temperature than regular butter. 
I'm like, okay, that's cool. So I put some of the ghee butter in there and I fry up my eggs and stuff like that. It looks like butter. doesn't really taste like butter, but, you know, I'm using it. Um, if I compare the two, I think I'd rather just use regular butter. But uh, the ghee butter, I guess it's, you know, has the higher temperature and stuff so I can cook like vegetables with stuff in it. And so I did. Uh, the other night I actually uh, cooked some green beans. I fried up some green beans. I love fried green beans, mind you. And I used a little bit of ghee butter and then I put some garlic in there. And then of course I put some chipotle seasoning and uh, I think some sliced onions. And I'm telling you... This is diabetic friendly and it tastes so good. My mouth's just watering thinking about it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm actually not going to eat tonight. I'm actually doing my intermittent not eating today. Um, I had, I had a you know decent breakfast this morning. I had a few eggs and I'm good. I think I'm good till tomorrow, but, um, yeah, so the, the fried green beans, I'm a little bit green beaned out. You know, I, I took my green beans and... Uh, see, because of the whole portion sizes and stuff thing, that I don't want too much of it to uh, turn into sugar. Uh, I mean, everything you eat when it comes to vegetables has carbs in it. And so when you're trying to stick to a certain percentage, I mean, it's only a couple of servings of green beans that you can actually eat. So you portion that out, you throw it in the pan, you, you fry it up. And that's about what you can have, but you're still looking at around 5 grams of carbs. So if you're playing the 6-6-12 rule, which is 6 grams of carbs for breakfast, 6 for lunch, and then 12 for dinner, then you're alright with green beans, right? So there's other things too, like you can eat cabbage or whatever, but I just wanted to actually just prepare it that way. I kind of ignore the fact that there's carbs in the onions because... Um, I use onions more as like a seasoning type deal than actually eating like a whole onion. So I don't really count the grams of carbs in onions. Okay, I know that's bad, but I don't. And um, of course the ghee doesn't have any carbs in it, neither does butter uh, or olive oil. So like when you fry with that stuff, which I do all the time, I just ran out of olive oil, so I'm, I'm stuck with my ghee product, which I'm not disappointed with. Um... I'm still staying within the the carb count type deal. And so how it's helped me is, one, um, I have been able to increase my productivity at work, which I'm, I'm thrilled by. I still sleep a lot. I think that's due to my medications, but um, whatever. Uh, but, but my body feels good. So I'm not dealing with any puffiness. I'm not dealing with any sore joints. Um... My foot was hurting a couple of days ago, but um, it's fine now. So it's not, it was certainly not a long-term thing. Um, but, you know, keeping track of your diet and what you're doing. I, I don't know if anybody has actually started the, the uh, food journal that I was actually recommending a couple episodes ago. But that food journal is going to help you out tremendously, I'm telling you. I mean, you write, you write your whole life story on there. You don't have to, I mean, you can either take notes on it or you can actually do a drawn out journal. And of course you'll get more out of the drawn out journal. Um, however, I've done that before and sometimes it gets a little bit redundant to the point where I just take notes and stuff. But once you start working that out where you know what foods you can eat, what foods you can't and... You know, you get your medicines down on track, stuff of that nature. Um, even though it's a lot of homework to begin with, 
um, over a period of time, you can eventually just kind of like release that until you need to go back and like reorganize things. Like if your blood sugar starts getting high again or something, then you probably want to go back to your journal and start, you know, listing your products down and stuff like that. So you can, you know, adjust your diet. So just on a personal note, um, something that I do that absolutely relaxes me, for instance, um, now I do have, I do get a lot of stress for some reason being a diabetic, uh, a lot of anxiety that I didn't used to have before. And it is a little bit frustrating because it's like, what do I do with this stress? Um, or you get to that point where it's like, I should be doing something. I know I just worked 60 hours this week, but yeah, now, now I have this day off and I, you know, I've already cleaned. So what do I do today? So, um, a long time ago, I actually took a painting. So I'm doing like the oil paints and stuff. And I'm working on a piece and it's kind of fun because when I work on a piece that's working out well, then I'm really into it and I really want to do it. And it's a lot of fun. And when I have a piece that's just not working out, it's just infuriating. I want to throw the thing away and just start over again. So, um, of course, I have my good pieces, my bad pieces. I'm working on a castle right now. So I have this great big, huge canvas that everybody was wondering what I was going to do with it. And it's a five foot by four foot canvas. I've actually had the canvas for about a little over three years now. And I'm just now painting it. And I started like last month. So, um, <laughs> it's definitely a wall piece, but, uh, the reason why I mentioned it is because it's, it's a hobby and, and that's why I do recommend a hobby, but it's a hobby that can actually help reduce your stress and not to mention, um, I wanted a, I'm not quite sure why I wanted a big piece, but it's so funny when somebody comes into my place, into my house and they're just like, oh my gosh, look at that huge piece of artwork that you're working on I'm like yeah you should see it under the glow lights it's really cool so and what's kind of cool is if you put it under like the black lights or whatnot the, the sky glows and everything so it's really it's really kind of neat project that I'm actually working on and um so regardless of what you do if you do paintings as well or woodworking or, or beading or whatever uh, or let's say you just don't feel like you have the time make the time to to do this I mean you're just going to have to. If you're stressing out and stuff, do something you enjoy, for goodness sakes, because life's short. Okay. Well, with that being said, <laughs> please forgive me on the whole vaccine thing, because I was, like, on the fence with it before. It's like, if you do it, great. If you don't do it, that's up to you. That was, like, six months ago. I, I'm like, I don't care what you do. Right now, I'm infuriated. I'm infuriated for you, because... Even I was buying into it. So I wasn't buying into it, but I was buying into it a little bit differently. One, um, I was like, you know, I'm not going to take something this experimental, but I mean, hey, you know, um, if, if, if your hospital is the White House and not actual doctors know anything, you know, go ahead, listen to Biden. I shouldn't be saying it like that, but that's basically how it is. When you have FDA officials resigning from their jobs because the Biden administration is trying to force this on them, you know, there's a problem. There's some kind of issues going on. And uh, that, also, that, that also scares me a little bit because that means Biden doesn't have control over his White House. So um, anyways, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and sign out. Thank you so much for listening, my dear audience, uh, uh, not only here in the U.S., but all around the world. And... Um,
when I find topics, I try to integrate them into the diabetic survival podcast. There's things I want to talk about that I can't talk about, but I'll have to start a new channel on that. But, um, anyways, um, if you feel like dropping me an email, please do. My email address is margaret at diabeticsurvival.com. That is a new um, email address where you can actually send in, you know, like if you just want to say something about the podcast or if there's something um, you want me to research and actually put a podcast out there, you know, as a suggestion or something, or something you want me to talk to, that's perfectly fine too. So and I can go ahead and add it to the podcast. And so I just want to thank my listening audience. You guys are amazing. I can't believe you have um, supported this podcast for over a year. And it was just supposed to be an experiment. Like I said, it was just supposed to be an experiment. And I think it was a very successful experiment that is no longer an experiment. It's going to be an ongoing thing until, you know, somebody shuts me down. <laughs> so anyways, thank you again for listening. This has been Margaret Copeman Franklitz, and you have a great day. Oh, yes. And just be kind to each other. All right. Bye-bye.